thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Good morning, good evening, or good day, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for joining us on Wellness Moon Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And you can find us on, you know, every social media channel, I guess. Uh, So we are the Wellness Women official on Instagram, the Wellness Women on Facebook. Uh, Ash is Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. And I am, uh, I always forget, the Period Whisperer on Facebook and uh, just DrAndrea.xo on Instagram. I guess we're not on everything. We should probably be on YouTube. We yeah. all. Yeah, Adam, and we, d- we don't Twitter. Twitter, tweet or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, now, and now there's Tinder. Oh, okay, yeah, we're definitely right. We're on two social media handles, ladies. That, that'll that be enough for now, I think. Did you just um, say we're on Tinder? No. <laughs> and we're on two, 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 two social media handles. I was oh, like, oh, that's, that's uh, yeah, no, and we're not on TikTok either. So, yes, no. we're, we're pretty simple girls, ladies. It's uh, <laughs> less is more in our world. <laughs> yeah, I, we don't even have enough time to, I guess, uh, finish the social media channels that we do have. Can you imagine if we had more? Oh. Although I reckon we'd be a hit on TikTok. I don't really know what it does, but just people are doing funny dances on it. So... <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen me dance, so yeah, don't you? <laughs> it's not that funny. But anyway, tonight's uh, tonight's all about you know, I guess uh, something I like to think of uh, this episode relating to what is pretty classically a symbol of femininity. You know, uh, we're talking hair and we're talking women's hair loss because uh, it's well known and well conversed about the idea that men lose hair and bald patterns and all sorts of things like that. But um, it's 
I think it's somewhat taboo, you know, women's hair loss. I don't think I've had that conversation with many women, but, you know, deep down each of us has walked behind a woman who's had, you know, very thinning hair or, um, you know, sat on the bus behind someone and you can sort of see right through their scalp. And I think, you know, if you don't really know why, it's almost curious. You wonder why someone's losing their hair so young or why is a woman losing their hair? Um, and, of course, we get this question all the time. So this actually comes off the back of uh, a lovely listener question. So thank you very much for prompting us to have a conversation about this because, um, yeah, 180 episodes and we haven't actually talked about this. And this is, I would say, a pretty common and um, easy thing to discuss and look at some simple ways we can help. And it's also so much more distressing for women, I find, Mm. than for men because it is, like you said, a little bit more taboo. It's not necessarily that socially acceptable for women to be losing their hair or to have bald patches, Um, but it is incredibly common. And um, we will absolutely get um, our resident hair specialist or trichologist, Jane Davies, to come on the show. So, Jane, if you're listening, um, and Sarah, also our assistant, if you're listening, can you connect the dots there for us to to get Jane to come on? Because the work she does is amazing. So um, we will definitely follow this up with um you know a much more specialist treatment approach um but this episode is to kind of look at what causes these things and um as always we'll go through you know what our our strategies would be to address it in the first place um before we get into the bulk of that though I want to do just a little public service announcement <laughs> um so ladies there's a new um hormonal contraceptive on the market called Kylena. Um, I've had, gosh, I've lost count of how many questions about this now. And it is uh, an IUD, so an intrauterine device. And I think that it must just be um, advertised, you know, really well, which is why it's coming up so much and women are asking me about it. It's effectively hormonally similar to the Marina. It's still a hormonal IUD. So even though they're saying it's like lower dose and everything, it still is synthetic hormones it still uses progestins which are very different to natural progesterone it still has you know risks associated with it um, including uh you know um ovarian cyst production um it can cause uh like hormonal acne um there can be change to the vaginal microbiome it can also cause hair loss too so we'll get into that shortly um and a whole bunch of other um things too but i just wanted to I guess now that I'm getting lots of questions about it, just let you know that Kylene is still a hormonal contraceptive. So don't let anyone else let you think otherwise. Okay. But now on to what we came here to actually talk about and let's talk about hair loss. So um, there's, there's a few different terms that kind of will go through tonight as well because a lot of people know the term alopecia. So you might have heard that in reference to, you know, different types of hair loss or you might think of alopecia where if someone's got like a little ball patch um, and that there's a few different variations of that. And so one of those can be a hormonal version and then there can also be an autoimmune version of that too. And whenever I'm thinking about a hair loss or trying to figure out with my patients, okay, what could be the cause of this? I usually break it down into a few different categories. So the main causes that I see most commonly in practice is hormonal, um, followed 
closely behind by iron deficiencies, um, not necessarily anemia, but um, definitely iron deficiency. There can be mineral deficiencies as well. And I kind of group all of that into kind of metabolic causes. So there can be issues with the foods that you're eating, um, whether or not you get enough calories or you've got balance with all of those things too. There can be other hormonal reasons such as PCOS. Um, there can be hypothyroidism. There can be um, autoimmune um, thyroid stuff going on as well, which can all relate to it too. And even just simply the change from pregnant to non, not pregnant anymore can um, definitely accelerate hair loss too. Um, so we will go through a lot of that stuff. Uh, Ash, anything else? Um, any other kind of category of hair loss that you want to add there or have I sort of covered them? No, nice broad broad categories there. I think it keeps okay. it really simple because I look, most of the women listening tonight, if you've had a child, every woman who's had a child pretty much knows that feeling of, you know, enjoying these gorgeous, luscious locks throughout your pregnancy because you're not losing any hair and they're just it's thick and it's amazing and I couldn't believe it's the best hair I've yeah. ever had in my life. So I don't think I recall having, uh, you know, the pregnancy glow, but my, sh- my hair certainly glowed. And then um contrasted to you know three or four months later and literally chunks and clumps of hair are coming out every time you brush it it's horrifying and you actually start to think oh my gosh I think I'm gonna be bald soon because it just it's just so much you just think it's you know never gonna stop and I definitely had quite a fair um chunk of hair loss and really thinned out and patchy you know sections mm-hmm. I was like oh my goodness so um I was well aware that yes it definitely thinned out and I wasn't comfortable with it for a little while and then it all starts to grow back and you've got these little spiky wild hairs sticking out everywhere. Oh, little wispy bits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was just crazy yeah. so um I don't usually know usually use hairspray but I think at that point in time I did because I had little antennas sticking out everywhere so <laughs> um oh, but funny. you know I guess um, I tried to say say positive because I knew it wasn't permanent but um you know on the flip of that I know that for particularly postmenopausal I know you know our mums um uh this is a very distressing situation you know this is often related to sort of more permanent uh, changes and it really can change their sense of identity and self-esteem and all that sort of um you know experience comes from the fact that hair culturally is almost like a status symbol right like how Mm. much time and energy and money do women put into their hair how many hours do we sit in chairs at hairdressers you know how much money do we spend on products how much time do we spend you know having treatments done and um coloring and and all these sorts of things and um and how much is our sense of self related to the color of our hair the look of you know hairline the cut and shape of our haircut like it's there's a huge amount of personal identity related to hair so i think um it's this one's very much one that I think for me a lot of the mums and women in in our practices are the people who probably triggered this episode because you can mm. see that it's almost like a self confidence um issue as well like oh my gosh I can't you know I'm I'm, I'm combing it sideways to to cover up the thinness like that kind of comment yeah. and I'm like oh gosh yeah it's um it certainly uh, affects us so I'm blessed so far my hair all came back after pregnancy but I know that in the future there may be some reasons why there may be hair loss that um, we need to address in a different way so. 
Let's talk about and the different Ash, types. Um, there's a really good reason for that as well. So when mm. you're pregnant, um, because of the influence of just those, those really increasing estrogens, that prolongs the anagen phase, which is essentially like the active hair growth phase. Um, and this is also why when sort of we're postmenopausal, because we have much lower levels of estrogen, there isn't so much active growth happening of our hair. And then when childbirth happens because, and this is my understanding of part of the postpartum hair loss, is that the actual birth process as well is because it's such a, it can be a very stressful, traumatic thing for women. And even if it's not, um, you know, emotionally traumatic, um, just that it's obviously a huge physical stressor. I cannot think of a bigger physical stressor on a woman's body than, than, you know, childbirth. Um, and that in itself can trigger something called telogen effluvium. I love that word effluvium, <laughs> which essentially is like rapid hair loss from stress or trauma. So that's where you'll get quite acute shedding. Um, and this can happen when, you know, someone might lose a loved one or there's just a very traumatic event that happens as well. And they notice just a sudden loss of hair. Uh, and also after that postpartum period, obviously we've got that decline of progesterone, progesterone, oh my words tonight, and estrogen is obviously um, at much lower levels than what they were during pregnancy. So you're not getting that prolonged um, or again, that as much active hair growth. And also I think that I've noticed that uh, just because bubs pull hair so much, I totally understand why women get all their hair cut off. <laughs> and, oh. and I noticed this with the kids that we have in the practice because most of the time I've just got my hair out and I'm like, oh, I totally get it. <laughs> like when they've got fistfuls of it, I'm like, man, that's painful. Oh, absolutely. Um, I would think as well, uh, one of the, I was talking to one of the mums in practice last week, actually, and she was talking about, um, her frustrations that hair's coming up in the wrong places. Um, and mm. she's got polycystic ovarian syndrome. So she's noticed thinning on sort of the crown and in the main areas of the scalp of her head, but she's also getting hairs popping up in other places. And, mm. um, you know, and that's another form of sort of like hair loss, hair transition, isn't it? when women are experiencing uh, PCOS and, yeah. you know, that, that unfortunately experiencing uh, transitions to areas like the face and the chest and, um, mm. and that's also, you know, again, a really problematic concern. So it's interesting how many different reasons there are for hair loss or hair transition. Mm. Uh, so I think, you know, in terms of is there an easy answer to it, uh, generally speaking, it's multifactorial. You know, I've tended to find it's a combination of hormonal and dietary mm -hmm. and um, there's a, little, a few different ways to address it. And, of course, um, when someone does, you know, acknowledge that there's hair loss, I think generally speaking, the faster the response to it, the better the outcome. I've noticed that yeah. women who've left, you know, their, their approach to improvement it seems to be, particularly in postmenopausal, I think you might find this, Andrew, as well, it tends to be less reversible. Have you found that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, definitely because there's that hormonal shift that happens over a long time and then it's much harder to kind of uh, sort of reinvigorate growth phases of those sorts of things. Um, and also if there are nutritional deficiencies that have contributed to this over a long period of time, that's much harder to correct as we get older as well. Um, and Ash, you were sort of talking about that, um, the male pattern hair loss that's associated with PCOS. Mm. Um, and that is 
in my experience, the most common cause of hair loss in the women that I see. Um, so you're, you're spot on, they, they lose it from the head. So they get that male pattern hair loss, but then it, that hair tends to show up in other places, which is um, can be, you know, really inconvenient for women as well. Um, and that type of hair loss is called androgenetic alopecia which is, you know, essentially that male pattern hair loss. And it's it happens because there's this mismatch of the hair shedding to the hair growth phase. So it's kind of like the, the body can't play catch up. Um, and that I find uh, can be a bit of a tricky thing unless you actually do get to, again, that root cause of that PCOS. And it is that balance between the hormonal system and obviously your metabolic system too. So that's where, again, the diet, the lifestyle um, and all of your you know really good hormonal balancing sort of factors have got to come into play. Uh, and which kind of ties into then like the next sort of cause of hair loss that we see as well, which is from metabolic causes. But this is usually more from nutritional deficiencies in the first place. And I see this commonly, particularly in women who might also have hypothalamic amenorrhea. So it's this, and especially if that was caused by chronic undereating, as well as if it went hand in hand with um, sort of overexertion or overexercising. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hormonal imbalances that kind of create this in the first place, then obviously um, all of those hormones or all of our sex hormone production is so much lower. So then we're not going to get, again, those active hair growth phases. Um, that can also happen even if you're not, uh, you know, going too low calorie, but you're going too low carb. So if women are just being really restrictive with that, that can also increase that um, sort of metabolic cause of that hair loss. I also see it when there's malabsorption issues going on as well. So if women um, have uh, certain allergies or intolerances that they're ignoring or not paying attention to, um, and this also can be from iron deficiency uh, so a lot of women don't realize that when they are anemic um, or when they've got really low ferritin levels, it can actually also lead to or contribute to that that hair loss. So if you're looking at things that might be affecting your iron absorption, again, these come back to some of those mal- metabolic or malabsorption issues. So that's that gluten intolerance. Maybe you're an undiagnosed celiac. Um, Coffee is going to affect that absorption. Under eating again um, and excessive things in the diet like phytates. But uh, the, the two biggest ones that I find with iron deficiency is the gluten and the coffee. Um, which inhibits the the absorption of the iron as well. So iron absorb so iron deficiency is absolutely going to contribute to the hair loss. There you go. Think of how many women are experiencing iron deficiency. You know, thanks to things like heavy periods and mm-hmm. um, malabsorption and hormonal imbalances. So that's that's uh, probably an, a commonly overlooked one. It is absolutely, and it, it, they don't have to have complete anemia, but just low levels of or just deficiencies I see all the time. Um, the final thing that I see commonly or as just a common cause of hair loss is hypothyroidism. Yes. So um, we might, uh, some easier ways to see if maybe this is related to actual thyroid function is when we see the thinning of the outer third of the eyebrow as well as other hair loss patterns, that kind of shows that it might be more 
thyroid hormone related rather than other sort of factors because our thyroid is involved with the development and the actual maintenance of our hair follicles and i've also seen women if they go through that thyroid storm where they may be say hypothyroid um, or they might have hashimoto thyroiditis so you've got that double whammy of the autoimmune condition that goes with that as well they it um maybe they're on thyroxine maybe they're changing some things their thyroid levels um you know fluctuate and maybe that thyroxine that they're taking is too extreme for them and then they go hyper or they can go through this um like uh, really sort of toxic thyroid storm and that in itself can cause that really rapid hair loss that i talked about before so the um the telogen effluvium where you get just that sudden shedding and again it's just because of that um it's almost like a trauma to the body when that happens um, which I just think is absolutely fascinating, the way our system works. The way I've always thought of hair and nails is, um, and I, look, I, I don't know if there's any science that backs this up, but surely there would be, that I feel like in our system it's kind of the very end parts of our body that would get minerals, nutrients, and anything that's kind of left over. Because surely the way that our body would prioritize um, all of our energy production, all of the good things that our system needs would be going to all of our vital organs first. Then it might be some flow and effect to sort of our endocrine function and everything else. And then finally, what would, what would get the rest of it? Maybe hair, nails, skin, that sort of thing. So I, I do see hair condition, um, hair loss, nail condition, skin condition, all of those sorts of things as a good depiction of what someone's overall health and nutritional status can be like as well. Um, that's kind of the way I think of it sometimes too. Well, it's very, very much applied in a lot of Eastern medicine, isn't it? They'll look mm. at hair, they'll look at nails, look at eyes, they look at, you know, teeth, they look at lips, they look at skin um, as their first line of assessment. And that's exactly it. It's the idea that the body lays down in priorities. And so priorities, yeah. essential service first. Now your hair is an accessory item, really. Um, it's going to be using its essential resources for the most important functions first. So, yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And I think there's plenty of um, validity to the science that says why that would be so in the sense that we know that anything that affects our you know metabolism for example and it affects mm -hmm. things like hormone function then some of the first you know uh effects can be seen in things like the nail bed or yeah. in in things like eye you know in the, the sclera of the eyes or in the hair tone and quality the hair starts to become brittle or dull or you know falling out so yes absolutely um skin tone hair nails mm -hmm. great great signs of overall health and well-being so and like if um if maybe your sort of hair loss pattern doesn't really fit into any of those categories of course the other thing that it could be could be um you know that alopecia um which is referred to alopecia um it's called alopecia arata or Arata. I can't pronounce words at this time of night, but I'm sure Jane can correct me. <laughs> Essentially, like, you know, this is what we commonly refer to as just alopecia. So it's those one or more bald patches um, within the scalp. And this is an autoimmune condition. So remember, this is where the, your immune system is actually attacking the, the hair follicle itself. Um, so this could be the other really common cause of some of those um, hair loss patterns too. I'm interested as well. I've seen some research suggesting vitamin D deficiency can be a big player. Um, yeah, that would that, make sense in terms of thyroid function as well so much. Yeah, so. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, just talking about how, you know, the effect it has on the immune system and um, this is where it may come into play with, like you were mentioning, the alopecia areata. It's um, it's possible that underlying these conditions is deficiencies. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. super, it's- super interesting. Um, one of the first things that I do when it comes to um, any of my patients with hair loss is like obviously looking at their diet and nutrition first, making sure they're eating enough and eating enough of the right food. So are they getting enough good quality protein, um, carbohydrates, including fiber and good quality fats? And then in accordance with that, we'll get them off gluten because that's going to kind of cover a lot of the basis of if there's an iron deficiency going on, if there's some malabsorption issues, is there some sort of autoimmune condition and thyroid stuff too? So it kind of is like, you know, a really good easy stopgap that will cover a lot of those bases. Um, some of my go-tos with this is also zinc. Uh, because there's a really strong association between zinc deficiency and hair loss, which will kind of make sense because, you know, with the alopecia, um, it's that autoimmune issue. So um, we know that zinc helps to just regulate that immune function. Um, it's also involved with the thyroid condition. And um, with the, the androgenetic andro, um, like hair loss, which we might see in, say, PCOS, then that zinc helps to regulate that balance between testosterone and estrogen. So you can see that it kind of covers a lot of the bases there, which is really good. Um, There is some research that shows that using rosemary oil topically um, has been comparable to some of the pharmaceutical treatments for hair loss. So it helps to aid to stimulate hair growth. Um, I've heard lots of reports of using um, high-dose magnesium, like therapeutically, so orally and topically, also helps to stimulate hair growth as well. Um, I need to actually find some research on that to see if that's evidence-based, but I have heard that anecdotally quite a lot. Um, And then obviously, like, looking at, okay, what is the underlying cause of this hair loss? So if it is, say, hormonal from um, maybe, like, elevated androgens in the case of PCOS, then all of the things that we talk about in all of those PCOS episodes still apply here. Um, But remember that your hormonal contraceptive choices might also be what's causing your hair loss. So this could be from the Marina, the Kylina, um, the mini pills. So all of those are very notorious for causing hair loss. But you can also get that post-pill syndrome where maybe you're on a combined oral contraceptive, you come off that and you get this androgen surge. So that can also be what can spark some hair loss for some women as well. Um, Ash, what other... What would be our other go-to kind of holistic solutions for this? Anything that increases um, oxygenation, so blood flow. For me, obviously, blood flow to hair follicles is a massive player in how healthy our hair is. So that's why a lot of um, routines related to preventing hair loss or promoting good uh, hair growth is related to scalp massage, special brushes, um, you know, routine brushing, head massaging sort of brushes. Um, But I also think nutritionally, you know, things that help to um, increase oxygenation are really uh, important parts of the recovery or to you know help improve the development of healthy hair follicles and that's there's certainly some reference I've seen some research referencing b12 um, so mm-hmm. vitamin b12 as part of that and I think it's because you know they nickname it the energy vitamin and it's to do with the fact that you know obviously weakness fatigue related to b12 deficiency uh, mm-hmm. and those symptoms often overlap with a lot of other 
uh, sort of symptoms associated with hair loss. You know, so Mm -hmm. often women with hair loss will also have other symptoms like, you know, things like fatigue and, um, and that's where, yeah, the B12 tests have indicated that they do have an association. They're not sure about causation, but uh, to up the B12 intake can also improve hair quality uh, as far as mm. small size is shown. So I thought that was, that was interesting because it's like, well, there you go. Um, small amounts of healthy, um, you know, animal fats is not bad for us. So, again, mm-hmm. this is where dietary influences can play a big role in uh, quality of hair. You know, you mentioned how diet and lifestyle can play a role. Well, this is, you know, for us, I think we've noticed as well. Um, I've certainly had this come up a little bit more frequently in, say, for example, some of my vegan vegan clients, and I hate to sort of signal them out, but mm-hmm. I suspect this probably related to more nutritional deficiencies and maybe things like B12 deficiency. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And which does make perfect sense. So ladies, if you are suffering from um, some symptoms of hair loss and you want to get to the bottom of it, um, it would be worth really looking at, okay, does this fit into a category? Do I have symptoms of, you know, hypothyroidism or other thyroid conditions? Have I had my iron levels checked and my minerals? Do I know what my hormones are doing? So this would be the starting point, I would suggest. Um, If it is in small patches um, that are tend to have sort of hair loss in um, that sort of sporadic pattern. It could be more to do with that alopecia. Um, I would certainly suggest if you do need help um, in that regard, then looking for a really great trichologist. Uh, so like there's a woman that we work over here with um, in Perth, her name's Jane Davies, and she's brilliant. Um, and that would be kind of the starting point that I would suggest. Otherwise, uh, just looking at those factors, getting some testing, figuring out what the deficiencies are for the first part, because that is usually the easiest fix um, or, or always a really good starting point as well. Absolutely. You just have a good head massage. Yeah, and consider your hair care routine. You know, if you're using a lot of toxic chemical products on your hair and scalp, maybe that could be contributing to, um, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. the health and quality of the skin as well around the scalp, which is where the nutrition for the hair comes from. So, yeah, for me as well, dump the toxic chemicals in the hair products and see if that helps with improving uh, hair quality and volume. Awesome. Okay. So ladies, uh, if you've got any questions at all about hair loss or anything that we've covered tonight, please feel free to shoot us a message. Uh, so you can email us at info at thewellnesswomen.com.au or um, contact us through any of our social media channels. If you've also got some sort of strange presentation or some health concerns that you would love to, um, you know, for us to cover on the podcast and you want to be um, on the in the spotlight or just have a listener question, feel free to send us through um, at those same channels as well. So ladies, again, thank you so much for joining us on Wellness Women Radio. So we are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.